you know, snap me out of it in a minute. You know, turn that on and just sit there and take a few deep breaths. Those are what I'm talking about. Not big, expensive things, because oftentimes you don't have time to do those big things, you know. Welcome to the Nurse Wellness Podcast, empowering nurses to manage stressors so they can intentionally reconnect with their purpose, optimize their wellness, and ultimately show up in the world the way they want to be seen. I'm your host, nurse practitioner, Wendy Garvin-Mayo, your stress solution strategist. In this podcast, you'll receive actionable stress management tips, insightful interviews, and strategies that focus on inspiring you to be your best, do your best, and give your best. With that, let's get started. Hi, Cindy. Welcome to the Wellness Platform. I'm so excited to have you back because you've been a guest here before in the past, right? Yes. Yeah. I'm (laughs) glad to be back too. (laughs) Yes. I'm so excited about our discussion on caregiving and wellness and stress. And I can't think of a better person to come on and really talk about uh, how caregiving for a loved one can impact our overall wellness. So why don't we start by you just reintroducing yourself to our listeners? All right. Well, thank you. I'm glad to be here. And uh, I have been a caregiver for a very long time. I'm Cindy Brockway, and I am a lifelong educator and mentor. So I worked for over 30 years in the special education realm as a teacher and administrator. And if you're familiar with children um, with special needs and their families, there is lots of caregiving going on, um, even in the school setting. And we really just focus on um, helping families and children craft a really powerful and playful uh, resilience routine so that they can bounce back um, you know, given that they have lots of doctor's appointments and and things like that and engagements and therapy and things. And so that's pretty much what I did for uh, over 30 years. And now I'm kind of in the uh, online realm uh, as a courage coach. And I am a caregiver as well. I started real young um, as a candy striper, you know, back in the day when I was in high school. And um then I had all those babysitting jobs, you know, that we we often do when we're younger. And then when we get married and have my own children and then I had a son with special needs. I have a son with special needs. And, um, you know, the caregiving just goes on and on. And then over time, I ended up take, helping take care of my mother-in-law. She moved in with us when she was 90 and we kept her for a couple of years and um, helped see her through her transition. And now my mom, my mom is living with us. So she's been here for a little over five years. So that's a little bit about me in a nutshell. I think it's amazing that we picked the professions of caregivers because we're both, right? I'm a nurse, you're an educator, we're caring for people. And yes. I- think we we think about how caregiving is going to show up in our lives again. I, I know for me, I didn't. So uh, many of you pro- out there probably don't know, but I'm also a caregiver now for my mom. Um, so I've been a caregiver for a few months. And uh, that's why I thought it'd be really nice for Cindy and I to have this discussion because um, 
caregiving, it, it it's not, um, it's very different when you're doing it professionally versus personally. <laughs> Absolutely. Very different. There are some similarities, obviously, but definitely different sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. So Cindy, can you tell us how caregiving has impacted your personal life? So you're living this life with your family, um, with your husband, or I'm not sure if your kids were still around and then your mom came to, to stay with you or or even start with your, your mother-in-law. How did that, how did that transition shift your life? Well, um, when we moved up to North Carolina, I lived in Florida for a number of years. That's where I met my husband, Ken. And when we moved up to North Carolina, we brought our mother-in-law with us, my mother-in-law, Ken's mom. And she was 92. She was just sweet as can be, very um, friendly and accommodating. So it wasn't a a hard push at all. She was not um, hard to be around. She just was very easygoing, which was nice because sometimes, you know, when they get older in years, um, you have other things that you're dealing with. And fortunately for us, when Bethel came to live with us, um, my husband was able to take off work. He actually retired early. Well, there wasn't any retirement where he was working, but, and then um, he stayed home and took care of his mom while I was working as an educator and, you know, going to school. And so then I would help him in the evenings and pretty much it took 24-7. So one of us had to be home with her at all times because of the physical needs, not mental um, at that point, um, but physical needs so that she would be safe and, you know, we could cook for her and things like that. And so it does impact your life because, it, you know, for those two years that she lived with us, two and a half years, we could not go anywhere together. You know, one of us was staying with her, my husband and I. So and but we, we worked it out. We traded back and forth. One would go grocery shop and the other one would stay and cook. And then another one would go whatever and back and forth. And so it and we got into a really nice routine fairly quickly. And that's good when you can get into a nice routine fairly quick, quickly. It doesn't always happen that way. Sometimes there's a massive adjustment period um, when it comes to caregiving for family members. But with my mother-in-law, it went it went fairly smoothly, to be honest with you. Um, and no special, you know, eating routines and stuff like that. So we were and very few medications, really. She just was feeble physically, you know, getting more feeble. And um, so that was my first opportunity with as her, with her as a caregiver. Yeah. So my mom came to live with us about maybe two months ago. I'm losing track of time. But for yeah. me, there was like no, it wasn't even a thought like how life would really shift and change because in my mind, it, it's really the the art or um, it exemplifies the giving back because your mom is your mom. Mm. Now I'm taking care of her. So it's actually an honor. However, it it still is hard. It's hard uh, physically in the sense of you're taking care of this person who's take care of you. 
and uh, mentally because you're watching this person kind of transform. She's not yes. um, strong um, woman who I know and looked up to. Now she's in a very vulnerable uh, state of her life. Um, yes. It, it, it's very, uh, it's like mentally and physically like playing like ping pong, like, okay. Uh, 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 uh. So, so it is, it is, um, it's different and very happy that I do have help. Um, however, mm-hmm. it doesn't take away what I do because I said, oh, that's my mom. I have to do that. Like I have to do everything. Um, and I think it's important for us to talk about because I don't think anyone really prepares for that day when your parent or in-law or child or spouse will need you as their caregiver. Um, What are some things people should start thinking about proactively, Cindy, that they can start thinking about? Maybe they're not caregivers now. It's not even on their radar. And you know what, Wendy? I think that is the biggest thing that helped me um, was having Bethel first, my mother-in-law, so that I knew some of the things that we needed to do when we had already prepared the house, the bathroom and things, so that um, when my mom came in several years later, we had already thought through some of that stuff. But you just don't think about it when, you know, when your parents are getting older, you still see them sort of as invincible. And, um, but I think it's very helpful for you to at least think about the scenarios. Um, If that happens to be something that you want to happen when they do get to a certain age and and physical needy uh, situations, think about what it's going to look like as far as the steps and the bathroom and uh, schedules and things like that. Um, And, you know, for me, it's been really, it's been really fortunate because my husband is very compassionate. And, you know, when I was with helping him take care of his mom, we did everything together. Uh, There was no division. Um, You know, she even, you know, my mother-in-law, when she would have an accident or something, she didn't want me to clean her up because I wasn't her daughter. She thought Ken should do it. I said, "Uh, I'm a woman. You're a woman. Ken doesn't need to be coming in here. She said, well, I feel bad. I said, no, don't feel bad. I said, you would clean me up, wouldn't you? And she said, yes, I would. And I said, well, there you go. So we we women stick together. Um, and now that uh, years later with my mom being here with him, it's my mom, not his. He treats her just the same as if it was his mom. Yeah. You know, he's really, really good about that. So I'm fortunate. Yeah, and I think that's one of the benefits that we have, Cindy, is we're not doing it alone. My husband is sweet as pie, very attentive. He's there uh, for me and her, right? So, and my son and everybody else, you know, that's just how he is. But uh, so fortunate. And I know not everyone has that. Um, But I I think, you know, what you're saying is, is so key is the forethought of let's sit down and take a minute to think about life. Like, you know, what accommodations may you need? And in terms of caregiving too, something that, um, you know, for me that I'm very um, aware of is planning ahead of time. So for your loved one or even for yourself, are you set up? Are your loved ones set up 
for that time, like, you know, what do they want? Do they want to be home with you? Do they want to be in a nursing facility? What kind of care do they want? And the financials of that, right? Are we financially stable enough to, to keep you home or put you in a nursing home? But I think that forethought is so important in the planning. Yes, it is. And, you know, those are the logistics that you want to think about. And then once they get in with you, then it's more of the day-to-day give and take and discovering new and fun ways to spend time together because you're in, like you said, it's kind of a shift. So, you know, when your mom was taking care of you, she made sure that, you know, you had things to do and, um, you know, she planned activities for you. Well, now that shifts and you're the one that's doing the caregiving and planning even the things for leisure. And oftentimes I feel like that is something that gets neglected in a caregiving setting is realizing that it's not just taking care of their physical needs and feeding them. It's also their uh, um, sort of empowering them in the new setting because they they have given up a lot um and for for them to come in and uh, and have a little room you know when they used to have a home and uh, when, you know my mom lost my dad too around the same time so we have really and because she's been with us longer than Bethel was um we have set up routines for regular uh daily um, and sometimes weekly activities that we do for leisure, you know, that that accommodate her needs as well as mine. Yeah, so important because you have to really take care of the whole person, right? We talk about holistic yeah. care. That doesn't stop when someone comes to your house and, you know, you're their caregiver. And And one thing I have to say, and I have to put this out there, and I'm not sure if everyone's aware of this, but my mom, um, she came to stay with me because she fell. She fell and then everything just changed, right? You know, they say once you fall, it's like your whole life changes. Um, And she was not mobile. Um, So we were helping her up, helping her do everything. And one of the best things I did for her, Cindy, and, and I never heard of this. I don't even know why I thought about it. I got her a personal trainer to come to the house. So she was a personal trainer who comes to the house to see her three times a week. And that personal trainer changed our lives. Now, before she fell, she had a hard time getting up like from a chair. She would need like assistance, right? Like to to get up. Now, post-fall, she can get up by herself. Like he has worked her out. She is so strong. And I just don't think people think about like personal trainers and like, older persons or elderly um, individuals, but it has been such a game changer. She's so strong, so confident now. Um, Now we're getting her outside, like to, you know, sun in the air before she wasn't doing any of that. She didn't want to. So uh, yeah. And I love that, Wendy, that is a beautiful example of what I'm talking about. And when 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 my mother-in-law moved in with us, she was mobile. She she had 
had had had a broken hip a few years before that and was never exactly the same, but she was still pretty mobile and she liked to go for car rides and do things like that. Well, when my mom moved in with me, it was completely different. She was very physically ill. She was on tons of medication. She could not walk without a walker and um, she had to have a commode by her bed to um, every night. And she was just really needy. And that's why she moved in with me for one reason. Mm -hmm. Um, And we did the very same thing. I took her to the doctor. We got her on physical therapy. Um, She actually enjoyed going to physical therapy because the people would listen to her and talk to her. And we got her completely off the walker, then onto the cane, then onto nothing for a few years. So she was able to walk without that, you know, and, um, and we changed, we got her used to using more natural solutions for certain pains and, and things, you know, because her generation was a lot of quick fix with medication Mm -hmm. and that was causing a lot of her issues as well. Mm-hmm. So we just kind of did a, a, a gentle overhaul um, and she is in the best health than she's been in years right now. So yeah. it's really cool to see that. And I'm so glad to hear that about your mom yeah. you know, being mobile again. Um, and it does do amazing things for their confidence. Oh, yeah, definitely. And one thing I would say, too, if you have older parents or a spouse or whomever um, in home personal training. I mean, it helps with mobility joints. I mean, cause I'm thinking about it in retrospect, like we should have got this for her years ago when she was like, I know like to keep her joints going and, you know, strengthening her muscles. But, um, yeah, but it, caregiving can definitely, uh, be hard, especially when you like, for me, I still work. I still work full time. Yes. Um, business. I have a three-year-old, I have an 18 year old, I have a husband, um, so many things. Uh, but really for me, it's trying to find the time and space to just kind of process and also, uh, be gentle to myself and Mm -hmm. more importantly, be gentle to her because she is in a state where she doesn't, she doesn't want me to have to take care of her. Right. I mean, you have to, to, I think that's where the emotional intelligence come in. You have to kind of be aware of yourself, but also be aware of the other person and how they're feeling about, what's happening. So being gentle with her, her feelings and, and ensuring that, um, you know, I'm still allowing her independence, right. To, to still right. do the things she can do, um, in dignity. Right. So you have to be yeah. mindful of all those things, uh, when you're caring for someone. So Cindy, can you talk to us a little bit about how being a caregiver for a loved one can impact your, your overall wellness? Yeah, I think what it does is you take on another role. And so you are always focused on the other person. It's a tendency to be focused on the other person, um, no matter where you're at, whether you're at work still. I mean, because when my mom moved in, I was still working full time, more than full time, really. And um, I would worry about her at home. I would be texting her, you know, doing all this stuff, even though my husband was home with her. I still, you know, felt responsible. Um, And then, you know, for a while at the beginning, I felt like I needed to spend time with her all the time, you know, like not let her be alone. Well, eventually 
you know, she said, I enjoy reading sometimes, you know, she, she likes her downtime too. And so I didn't feel like I had to entertain her all the time. Although I don't want to forget that that's important too, Mm -hmm. you know, to spend time together. So, um, but for me and you, especially with you working and stuff, sometimes we give too much and we don't respect our own needs to the point where, for me, it meant like even going to my room a half an hour earlier than I used to. Just go in there, close the door, relax, you know, and let my husband be responsible, you know, if he needs to. But usually we all use that downtime. So we kind of shifted our routines so that we were all comfortably uh, taking care of ourselves mm-hmm. uh, and taking care of certain things. And, you know, for me and with my mother-in-law and with my own mother, some of the spiritual aspects, you know, having devotions together or praying together, which was which was um, important to both of our parents, uh, that type of connection. And so putting that in there and honoring that as much as possible, but you know, having a limit, putting it on the schedule and uh, they become, they love the, at least that's what I've learned. They love that predictableness. Mm -hmm. You know, my mom knows that 10 o'clock every day I go in and we do biblical meditation. It not only helps her, it helps me. And so that's why I had mentioned, you know, discovering new and fun ways that you can take care of yourself and include your loved one in the process, but also making sure that you have your own downtime, whatever that might look like. So, yeah. Yes. And And so what do you think, Wendy? Um, How do you think it impacts you personally, you know, as your self-care? Yeah. So I think it's remembering that I'm here and I'm a person (laughs) Mm -hmm. and I have to take the time out for myself because um, it's not just time for my mom, but time for my little one who's three. Uh, When he gets home, it's his time. He doesn't care what's happening. Um, So ensuring knowing that and just being ready to um, serve him Um, and boundaries, having boundaries. Um, Like, you know, the other day I told my husband, I need to go for a massage. I went for a 90 minute massage because that's something my body just needed. I needed that downtime. I needed that self-care for my body. Um, Right. Really taking that time, taking the time I need. Um, And And not feeling guilty about it. Yeah, no, not at all. Not at all. Yeah. I I used to carry heavy guilt um, on a lot of things when it comes, because I'm a teacher (laughs) and I'm used to giving, you know, so, um, but I've learned that that just doesn't help anybody. Yep. No, not at all. Self-guilt. No. So yeah, yeah, I think it's so important to respect our own, the importance of our own self-care and, um, and really it, it sort of gives you an opportunity to amplify your own inner awareness too. Mm-hmm. Because you have taken on a completely new role that you didn't necessarily get trained for. And you need to learn how you do this new job best. Yeah. You know, we want to do our best. And so we need that time to reflect and to renew and recharge. Yeah. And also asking for help. Um, I'm very grateful yes. that I have uh, family in Boston who will come to Connecticut. My sister has been 
exceptional. My niece, mm. exceptional and coming to uh, be here and, and relieve me so I can have just some time to do whatever I, I need to do or want to do. So, um, mm-hmm. but also asking for help. They're not just a pairing. So saying, I need you to <laughs> yeah. help me. So asking for help um, is also important. Um, and, and one thing I, you know, kind of learned today, my mom, I'm actually, um, you know, going to be going away uh, soon. And my mom was like, oh, you didn't tell me you were going away. Like, you know, I heard your your sister told me you were going, but like communicating, right? So I'm like, oh, yes. yeah, yeah, I, I definitely need to <laughs> communicate that, right? Not just like saying, okay, someone will be here, but like, you know, respecting her to say, mom. You know, in a few weeks, I'm going X, Y, Z. And this, so letting her know what's, what's going on in the plan. Um, and saying that, though, knowing who she is, I do like to wait to the last minute because she worries. She'll worry until, oh, like, yeah, until now, until I get back, you know. So, so, so really trying to find a balance. Yeah. But, um, yeah. I know one thing in that same vein um, with my mom, we, I use the Google Calendar. I live yeah. by the Google Calendar. So I set my mom's phone up. And now, uh, whenever we have appointments or I'm going to go, uh, you know, somewhere for here, I put her on there and it shows up on her calendar. And there's been times often <laughs> when she's looked at the calendar and said, Cindy, I thought you had this appointment today. And I'm like, oh, yes, I do. <laughs> so, you know, she's she's keeping better track of the calendar than I am on some days, you know, when I get a little bit over overcommitted, but so, and she loves that having that calendar. So she knows when her hair appointments are, she knows Mm -hmm. when her doctor's appointments are, and it gives her another dose of independence. Yes, absolutely. Well, that's amazing. Uh, Cindy, before we wrap up our conversation, I would love for you to give our listeners some tips on like self-compassion. I know you're like the self-compassion expert. Um, How can people, you know, just really show themselves self-compassion? Yeah, I think the self-compassion piece is to not wait um, for the weekend or wait until the caregiver comes, you know, the replacement or uh, your relief comes, but to fill in pockets each day of things that you can do to be compassionate and careful with yourself, whether it's walking, gardening, um, making jewelry, you know, even just mindfulness or meditation, quiet activities where you can pamper yourself. Um, Maybe start giving your own self, you know, like foot massages and things. Really build it into your day. So that it is happening consistently. And it's almost like being proactive, you know, um, preventative maintenance, basically, like we do on our cars when we change the oil and and get the you know wheel bearings lubed up and all that stuff. We do it so it doesn't break down. And so I encourage caregivers to do the same thing for themselves. And if that means, because some people are not creative enough, they tell themselves, you know, I I don't, I, I just don't think of stuff like that. Then talk to somebody, you know, get in a group where there's other caregivers and encourage each other. Because even the smallest things that you might do would inspire someone else that never thought about doing that to care for themselves. And um, 
Yeah, like me, going into my room about a half an hour before everyone else starts winding down. And it's just my own time. So I just feel like we we need to do the maintenance um, on a regular basis. Yeah, and so they can come join us in our journaling circle. You want to tell our listeners? Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, there's a lot of you know different ways that you can take care of yourself. And Wendy and I started this back during COVID. And we get together once a month and we have a journaling session. It's like a guided or shared journaling session. And it is a really neat experience. And it's interesting because uh, over the past couple years, we have had so many different people come and go as they need it. It's not like a commitment that you have to do it every month, but when you need it, come and join us, you know, and it's always been a very moving and um, I think cleansing um, experience each month when we do it. So yeah, journaling, journaling is kind of a big thing for me. I am definitely a journaling person. Um And I enjoy aromatherapy. That's another big thing for me that can just, you know, snap me out of it in a minute. You know, turn that on and just sit there and take a few deep breaths. Those are what I'm talking about. Not big, expensive things, because oftentimes you don't have time to do those big things. You know, have start respecting those little things. Absolutely. Such great advice. Cindy, before I take you through a rapid fire, how can people get in contact with you? Well, um, I have a Facebook community on uh, Facebook. It's called Essentials for Peace and Balance. I do spend a lot of my time there and I really just focus on helping people discover new and fun ways to take care of themselves and others. Um, And, you know, whether you're a caregiver, whether you're an entrepreneur, whether you're a teacher, a nurse, you know, we we focus a lot on the various modalities. So that would be a great place. And touch base with me on uh, Facebook, too. Just message me. Awesome. All right, Cindy. Well, this is a great discussion. Thank you so much for your time. Yes. Can I take you through a rapid fire before we close sure. up? <laughs> Absolutely. All right. I'm ready. The first thing that comes to your mind uh, to finish the statement or answer the question. Wellness okay. means. Wellness means. Yes. Wellness means taking care of yourself. I know I'm stressed when. Mm. When my heart either starts palpitating or I get grumpy. <laughs> <laughs> my go-to stress management solution is. Usually walking away. And aromatherapy. Those are really my go-tos. If I can give a caregiver one piece of advice, it would be? Be flexible. Mm, I love that. And what's one thing you learned about yourself during the pandemic, Cindy? I learned that I like being quiet. Mm. Um, When you are in a caregiving profession, there's always constant motion and action and, you know, there's lots of talking and moving and doing. And during the pandemic, I realized that I really do crave and I function better when I can have some quiet. And for a long time, I didn't. I didn't take time to be still. Uh, so that's that's what it did for me. I love that. Well, Cindy, this has been a great conversation and we'll have to have you back again. 
thank you so yes, much. Thank you there. so much. Yeah. Excellent. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please tell a friend. Before you go, I would love to share a free stress management resource with you. Go to stressblueprint.com and download your free copy of the three questions to ask when you are stressed. Until next time, go out and be your best, do your best, and give your best.